Welcome back to Hour 3 of Freedom Speak with Becca Marie. You are listening to Conservative Talk, ABQ, KDAZ, 96.9 FM, AM 700, and you can listen from anywhere at conservativetalkabq.com. I'm here with my co-host, Stella, and also our guest, Karen, from Albuquerque Unmasked. So, a lot of things we've been talking about, and... I think actually something I've been talking about for quite some time now is how the powers that be, the left, the globalist, all of these people that want to control all our lives, all of the people that want to keep us all scared. And then we even talked about words. You know, they're even demonizing words, changing the meaning of words. They're trying to distort reality as we know it. You know, kind of, kind of like what we were saying. It's like we're living in bizarro land. It's like this is insanity, people. Each and every day, the dogma of despots further distorts and blurs the lines of reality itself. These people with their army of the cognitively dissonant and easily manipulated push us closer and closer to a coming plunge into the destruction of reality as we know it. Unless we freedom-loving Americans learn to read between the lines and stand firm in opposition, our beloved nation will be transformed into just another third-world cesspool. A friend of mine told me he had recently mentioned to a loved one, that loved one happens to be a doctor, that young people between the ages of 10 and 25 don't just fall over dead with heart attacks. I mean, really? I mean... I just turned 60 the other day, and it's something that I never heard of until recently. In fact, the number of sudden cardiac death numbers in young people of our country has historically remained a low and steady number between 1969 to 2019. As history has shown us, many people, unfortunately, will enter the gas chamber still thinking they are about to get a shower. In an article from about three weeks ago, there was a government agency representative explaining that there was no real increase in cardiac deaths among people between the ages of 10 and 54. Then last week, another article by the same government agency, but by another so-called expert, explained that the slight increase in cardiac deaths among the young people can be attributed to the long version of the bioweapon from China. Not going to say the word. Yeah, I will. (laughs) At least partially funded by agencies ran by Dr. Fauci, referred to as COVID-19. Numbers never lie, but you're not being given the real information. That is, the number of deaths, the actual number of deaths. So reading between the lines requires some careful investigation. First, I looked into the mortuary, mortuary businesses and discovered that almost all of these businesses are making record profits. And not because of inflation, but because of an increase in clients, i.e. dead people. People are literally dying to do business with these people. You know, <laughs> I remember back way back when I was in high school, there was a teacher that was talking about to us that the business that you could invest in that would work no matter whether times were good or bad would be a bar because when times are good, people drink and celebrate. When people are 
when times are bad, people try to wash away their fears. <clears throat> the second thing that I found is that there are lots of job opportunities. Oh, and by the way, talking about job opportunities. Mortuary business might be the business you want to get into now. Apparently they're booming, and they have a lot of openings. And that's probably going to increase, I hate to say. The second thing that I found is that there are lots of job opportunities within the field of body disposal. <laughs> Stella, Stella and I talked about <laughs> an option for body disposal a couple of weeks ago. They'll just turn you into fertilizer, or who knows, the way things are going, they might just, just straight up turn you into soylent green and feed you, feed you to homeless people. I don't know. Oh, that's offensive, though. I can't say homeless people, can Oh, I? yeah. Take okay. it back. Sorry. Take it back. <laughs> The largest chain of American mortuary services has reported a 500% increase in revenue. And this fact points directly to a large increase in deaths. Oh, imagine that. I would have never made that connection, right? Mm. Another indicator of a standard death rate increase can be had by looking and listening to the numbers and extreme losses within the life insurance business. These companies are reporting record payouts within all age groups, including payouts for their normal cash cows, which would be young people, which never die. And, you know, never die young from unexpected, unexplained illnesses. Many people can't afford life insurance, so this method only gives a partial view into what's transpiring. Now... Yeah, you know, I think these life insurance companies and are probably going to either have to majorly jack up their rates at some point, or they're going to be going out of business. Like the bondsman? Yeah. Oh, exactly. Mm-hmm. Just like that. Yep. Next month, the World Government Summit will be taking place in Dubai. What you didn't know is that there is a world shadow government. Well, I wouldn't say the word shadow anymore because, after all, they're out in the open. Now they are. We all know who they are. Mm-hmm. That's right. Although this subject won't appear on your news channel, of course it won't, tonight or any other night, you can read all about them. They have a website. Matter of fact, I put a link in the notes. You can go in there and do a little bit of further reading on that if you want. The reason you won't see this subject on television or in your newspaper is that the owners of these outlets are globalist, and they are attending the World Government Summit, the same people that were at the WEF, the World Economic Forum. <clears throat> the World Economic Forum and the World Government Summit are attended by the same people. The subjects that these globalists are discussing make them modern-day harbingers of doom. They speak of coming calamities that was just a little observation one can see are of their own making. I'm usually good at predicting things that I plan out as well. We must also remember that these people refer to us common people as useless eaters while asking themselves what to do with us. I know that I just want them to leave me alone. (laughs) That's that's all I want because they refer to us as a virus to the planet. Anyone who sees you as a plague upon their world is a danger to you. Their eugenics beliefs are the driving factor in our declining health, and they have the world's money in their back pockets to bring about their population control, Luciferian dogma. I'm really surprised that I haven't committed suicide yet, being that I see them as my enemy. If I poison myself after trying my, oh, tying my own 
hands behind my back and shooting myself twice in the back of the head while hanging from the rafters in my garage. Would you please read the suicide note clearly? (laughs) (laughs) I have said enough stuff over the past couple of years that my language can easily be distinguished by my own words on the suicide note. By the way, I'm not suicidal at all. So there. Remember that when I disappear (laughs) with unknown circumstances. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Oh, so I wanted to talk about this article I found. It's it's on a website called townhall.com. And I've mentioned this before. I'm, I'm a pilot myself. And one thing a pilot has to do, now I, I'm just a private pilot, so getting an uh, air transport uh, pilot rating requires a lot more work. That's what these airline pilots have. They have an ATP rating. Um, you have to pass a medical, okay? Now, as a private pilot, I have to pass a medical every three years, okay? And... What they do is they check your heart rate. They take a blood sample. They make sure you're not doing any illegal drugs or drugs that could in some way impair your ability to safely fly an airplane. Taking experimental drugs is most certainly out of the question. Notice how I mentioned that? out uh, uh, Experimental drugs, kind of like an experimental vaccine. That violates FCC regulations, yet they're, they've changed the regulations. Now people can have an experimental vaccine and still get on an airplane full of 150, 200 passengers and, and fly them through the air. And In fact, they were mandated. They were forced or yes, lose their jobs. They were, yeah, by the FAA. So what happens if Violated. they have a heart attack up there? Uh, well, yeah. you got a real problem here. You know, the... The the airplane these these air airliners are pretty complex to fly. It really does to safely fly them and land them. It really does take two people in the cockpit, mm-hmm. so that the pi- the main pilot the, the you know the the captain can really just focus on the flying part, and then the co pilot takes care of you know changing settings on things and stuff like that, setting the flaps for a, for a descent and all that, those sort of things. So, so that the pilot can just focus on flying the plane. So, realistically, the co-pilot has all the, is a pilot, has all the same flying skills, maybe not as much experience, but could manage to land the plane by themselves. It would be a little bit nerve-wracking, but they could do it. So, we have now, we have pilots... Every single pilot that's flying an airplane right now, as far as I know, has all had the experimental shot. We've, we've, we've seen the instances of all the adverse reactions, heart attacks, strokes, um, just random things, sudden, sudden death, sudden adult death syndrome. We saw what happened to Diamond the other day from Diamond and Silk. Yeah. She had apparently no previous indications that she had any problem it, you know silk was talking about this the other day on television and she's saying it just happened else. she tells me suddenly that she's having trouble breathing and then within minutes she's dead <laughs> this does not this is not this is not normal no this doesn't happen so 
So like I said, one of the, the key things that they check in a flight physical is they check the, uh, your, your, your heart rate. They obviously want to make sure that you have no heart problems whatsoever. And apparently it's such a problem with these vaxxed pilots that their heart rate has, has changed. Some kind of cardiac injury has apparently happened to, to them so badly that the FAA has changed their standards for the medical for heart heart condition. So you can have a heart condition and still be a pilot. Now you can. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they lost so many pilots with the injuries from the vax that can't fly anymore. They are desperate enough to to uh, change the requirements in order to allow vaxxed pilots to fly well i'm confused wasn't it just a year ago that southwest uh the pilots all went on strike and said that they were not going to get vaxxed or or was it the, the issue with the mask i forget what it was but did i thought that they didn't have to get the vaccine that's what the whole uh strike was about I don't know. I think that's still up in the air. I all I know is that for a time, mm-hmm. the pi- all the pilots that were flying, had from what I understand, vaxxed. had to be vaxxed. Mm. So there might be unvaxxed pilots now coming back to work, mm-hmm. but I, I don't think they're telling us which ones though are they are. Honestly, if I had my choice and I was going to go fly somewhere, of course, and I had a choice to say I want an unvaxxed pilot in the in the cockpit, that is the only way I'm going to fly. If I had that option, I would most certainly take it. Mm. And I thought that was just for flight attendants, but it could have been for all airline personnel at Southwest. I don't know the conclusion of that either. Um, we're going to yeah. have to research that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and not only that, but when you're when you're flying in a plane, your your body is under a little bit more stress than it normally is. You know, I know from flying myself, it's like um, at altitude. Um, your body's just, you're not getting quite as much oxygen as you normally do, and just things are a little bit different. And, and that's why, that's why when one thing that's recommended when I was going through training to get my pilot certificate is that it's recommended not to fly an airplane when you have a cold because you're compromised simply by having a cold. Now they're compromised because they have heart issues, but then it's okay because the requirements have been changed. Right. That makes it okay. Yikes. Yeah. Yikes. Yikes. And this really ran under the wire. This was not highly publicized. It didn't, you know, none of this stuff ends up on mainstream news. So the people don't really, the masses do not know this stuff. Mm-hmm. No, they don't. And, and if all you're watching is CNN or MSDNC or any of these other ridiculous news stations, even even Fox, is, 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 I've lost a lot of faith in Fox even over the years. You really? Know? And even them, you know, there's like there's like two two t- cable news stations, OAN and Newsmax, that are putting putting the, the the hard truth out there, and they just. They just got canceled by AT and T, and I believe which also owns Directv. Yes, they own Directv. It's on Directv. Yeah. yeah. So, so they've been censored and taken off the air. OAN so, and Newsmax. So now you'll never know the truth. Yeah. Well, that's that's. But you know, luckily you can you can watch both of those uh, stations on your Roku, which is what I do. You know. 
Roku. Yeah, I don't. I Did got, you guys hear that? I got who does it. that? But who does that? This is not what the mainstream does. This is no. only what people. We're we're really talking to our echo chamber here mm-hmm. because th- we are the ones who know this stuff. But the mainstream people do not know this stuff. No, they don't. They don't know any of this stuff. I, I you know, I. In a way, I don't, I don't blame them for this. I mean, a lot of people just, they live their lives, they turn on the news station, and, and I guess they're still under the false belief that if, if it's on the news, it's true, or that the news is going to do their best to provide you with the information you need to know. But that's not the case anymore. That's right. That's not the case. And you know it's 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 not the case on it's not the case on mainstream media it's not the case on social networks um, that is luckily changing thank goodness to Elon Musk taking over Twitter and one thing I've noticed is that even on my Facebook account which I post a lot of things on there and, and the reason I'm on Facebook is because most of the people I know are on Facebook so until I get kicked off of Facebook I'm going to keep posting on Facebook where the most people can see it and. Facebook's been leaving me alone, which is amazing. I mean, they used to be all over me all the time, censoring everything, flagging my posts, uh, taking my posts down. One time uh, a few years ago, they even completely, just completely, permanently canceled my account, and everything on there was lost. So, But they've been leaving me alone, and maybe it's because of the competition by Twitter. Could be. And maybe they're collecting, I don't mean to be the voice of doom, I'm really sorry, but maybe they are. They have decided that it's better to know what you're doing because they can look at you, they can hear you, they can see, they know everything you're doing. You've got a good point. Maybe mm-hmm. you're more valuable from an intel point of view than you are if they take you down. Oh, yeah. So I don't know, I'm just postulating a theory, but, you know. Keep me within arm's from. reach so they know what I'm doing. Exactly. I like that. Yeah. Keep your enemy close. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> Friends close, enemies closer. Right. Mm-hmm. So you want to dig into these Twitter files? I got some good stuff here. Okay. Sure. So I was looking at, re- this week I was going to do releases uh, seven and eight. I've been doing like two a week. So I was looking through this, and I read through this whole thing, and I, I made a lot of notes. And so if you look at release seven, and they've got this broken down by lines. So, you know, if you look at like, Release 7, line 32. There are, they've got letters, and they've, they, what, did, what they posted in there, they posted letters and uh, letters that they got from, like, um, the FBI, the DOD, and in which they're communicating directly with the executives at Twitter. And on line 32... They, the FBI had asked them to set up a encrypted messaging network for the FBI so that the Twitter execs could communicate with the FBI through Twitter, and nobody else would see it. They also created a virtual war room for all the Internet industry plus FBI and ODNI, which, which stands for the Office of the Director of National Intelligence, so that they can have their little powwows on there. And, uh, and that way the FBI and the ODNI could decide what exactly tw- Twitter was going to be posting or what, what they were going to be posting, who they were going to let on there, uh, what they were going to censor, what information they had deemed misinformation Line 33, from September 15th, 2020, 
the FBI's uh, Laura Demlo, I think that's how you print it, Dem, Demlo, heads, which heads up the Foreign Influence Task Force, and Elvis Chan, he's apparently with the FBI too, request to give a classified briefing for Jim Baker without any other Twitter staff, including Yoel Roth, which was the, the main guy in charge, basically. Now, who's Jim Baker? I looked up Jim Baker. Jim Baker was a former legal, uh, basically a lawyer for the FBI. And then he was at Twitter, working in their legal staff for Twitter. So they have an ex-FBI agent working in Twitter, and apparently he wasn't the only one. There were a lot of other ones, too. And there were a number of people in Twitter that were on the payroll from the FBI. I'll talk about that later. Line 35, this Jim Baker, the legal representative currently at Twitter, discussed with others whether the Hunter Biden sto laptop story falls under hacked materials policy. Now, <clears throat> here's a real problem I have with that, okay? Twitter is deeming what is misinformation or what is true. Aren't they supposed to just be a social network that in which people can just get in and share ideas, whether they're true or false or otherwise or whatever? Doesn't, doesn't what Twitter was doing at the time make them seem like they're trying to behave like a news organization? In which they weren't. If they are, in fact, a news organization, they fall under a different set of rules. I would say corrupt news organization. Yeah, they definitely do a good job at representing that. Line 36, Jim Baker knew that the laptop, laptop story was not fake. And the reason he knew that is because the New York Post had included, now this, is, this was the big deal, the New York Post thing. The New York Post broke that story about the Hunter Biden laptop story. And they had just not posted that out there willy-nilly. They actually had verified their sources before they posted. I mean, you know, and nobody, the New York Post certainly is not a, a bastion of conservatism. You know, they're known for being a very liberal newspaper. So, but they verified all of this information, and the reason they did it is because they included, along with their post, they included a signed receipt by Hunter Biden, which was verified, proving it was his laptop, and also they also posted an FBI subpoena showing that the agency had taken possession of the laptop in December of 2019. So the FBI knew that it was legitimate, yet leading into the 2020 election, they were doing their best to cover this up. The FBI was manipulating the presidential election by hiding information that should have been crucial to potential voters. And a lot, a lot of Democrat voters have, uh, they were polled, and, they, and a lot of them said that, no, I wouldn't have voted for Joe Biden if I would have known this. You know, they, they talked about for the longest time, and they still talk about, there's idiots out there still talking about this, talking about Russian collusion 
with Donald Trump when there was absolutely zero evidence of any kind of Russian collusion. There is a mountain of evidence for Chinese collusion with Biden, yet they don't say anything about that. So in line 38, it talks about uh, Twitter basically buying into, and, and the FBI was selling this, what they called a wild hack and dump story, like it was hacked material. Even though there was no evidence provided to show this, and there was all the evidence in the world to prove that the Biden, the Hunter Biden laptop was in fact legitimate, they went with the hack and dump story. Line 39 talks about Jim Baker, once again the attorney for Twitter at the time that used to work for the FBI, used to be an attorney for the FBI. Arranges a phone conversation with Matthew J. Perry in the office of the general counsel of the FBI. They're having little private meetings with the FBI. So then they inject this idea of a Russian connection. And they, this is when they, remember when they tried to just completely destroy Rudy Giuliani? Remember the guy that was a hero after the 9-11 attacks? Remember that guy? Remember how it reunited the entire country? And Rudy Giuliani was the hero to everyone? Well, suddenly Rudy Giuliani is public enemy number one, and apparently he's involved with Russia. And then the Washington Post comes out and with an article suggesting that Giuliani was a target of, Russian, of a Russian intelligence operation. Boy, these people really just... I don't know. It seems like they've been trying to stir up trouble with the Russians forever. Mm-hmm. There, there's something more to that, too, and I don't quite understand it yet. But it's like this whole thing going on in the Ukraine. I, I just... I'm really having trouble distinguishing who the good guys and the bad guys are these days. I know that uh, Putin is totally against the New World Order. Yeah, he is. Mm-hmm. So you have to give him credit for that. Right. He may be a maybe a bad maybe he is a bad guy. I I I don't even know what to believe about that anymore. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> you just believe what they tell you about I, him. Well, yeah. and I don't. Yeah, everybody else does. Not anymore. Yeah. I'm suspicious. The minute <laughs> that something in the mainstream news is for something, I'm going up, up, uh, red flag on that. Let me uh, see. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't trust mm-hmm. it. And they're just, it seems like they're just pushing this, they've been pushing this Russian narrative when it was obviously false the whole time, and now they've managed to get Ukraine into a war with Russia, which basically we're providing all of the military hardware and the money to fight the war. It's a proxy war. I mean, basically it's the United States against the Russian using Ukrainian soldiers. Yeah, but I'm wondering if the whole Russia narrative was picked up and utilized because it had a basis. In the 50s and 60s, we, our kids were taught to, to uh, go under their desks if this and X, Y, yeah. and Z happened, right? Because we were good, could be bombed. It was always the Russians, the Russians. Oh, I did those drills when I was campaign. in elementary school. I remember right? those. Yeah. Right? So I mm-hmm. think that they just picked, off of, picked up off of a prior fear campaign, th- knowing that those memories are still burned in our, our, a lot of our those those topics are still burned in our memories and a lot of us and that it was just easier to follow that narrative that's I wonder if that wasn't the case why they didn't go in that direction they I'm made sure it's it very more complicated cl- yeah they made it very clear in the 50s that Russia was our enemy enemy very, exactly fierce enemy yeah 
Exactly. So that's burned in there. And I think that it was just an easy launch point to take off from there and blame Russia for everything. Yet the Russians helped us win World War II. Of course. But who without talks them, about we, that? Without them, we probably wouldn't have won World War but II. But who talks about that? Nobody does. Has, have people forgotten about that? Yes. That, the, that we fought with the Russians in World War II to if beat the Nazis? If they ever knew. If they ever knew. Because it wasn't a highly publicized thing. The propaganda about Russia being our enemy was so strong, was so deep, that who knew? Who knew that? Who knows that? Mm-hmm. Who even knew that at the time? How, how publicized was that mm-hmm. even at the time? Yeah. So anyway, uh, that's my theory. I'm sure it's more complex than that. There's so many things underlying that we have no idea about the motivations of the actual workings of, but that's my working theory. Yeah. Well, line 41 and 42 talk about, uh, this is when the FBI is suggesting Russian interference. And they also had a briefing that they sent out spreading this narrative, which basically took the attention off of the Hunter Biden laptop. Right. So now we're all talking about Russian collusion. We're, 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 we've, we've forgotten all about Hunter Biden's laptop, which should have been a big deal before a presidential election, before we voted, voted supposedly, I'm, I, I'm actually pretty skeptical about that one, whether or not he actually won. I don't think he did. Um, whether we vote a guy into office, which is severely compromised, that if if he had gone for a a regular background check, would have never passed a background check because of these Russian or Chinese connections, not mm-hmm. Russian Chinese mm-hmm. connections. Anyway, hey guys, we're going to take our last break, and then I want to go in and finish this up, and then I've got some. I'm going to finish off the show with some scamtemic news. I've got a really good clip that I want to play from uh, Project Veritas that is very, very enlightening about Pfizer. I want to play the whole thing, and I want to make some comments about that. So we'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. Hello, I'm Dr. Dan Lafferty. And I'm Dr. Stephanie Z from ABQ Gentle Dentistry. Putting off a trip to the dentist due to dental anxiety? Let us ease your fears. At ABQ Gentle Dentistry, we are gentle from your first phone call with the receptionist to the dental chair for treatment. We offer oral conscious sedation, IV sedation, and nitrous gas. We have the latest technology to handle all your dental needs right in our office. Same day crowns, 3D x-rays, 3D printing, digital intraoral photos, and laser technology. Let us transform your life by transforming your smile into a smile you can love. We also offer clear tray orthodontic therapy. You're part of the family here at ABQ Gentle Dentistry. Gentle is not just our name, it's how we treat our patients. We accept most insurance plans and also work with multiple lending companies to help make financing possible. Y hablamos español. We're located at 4550 Eubank Boulevard, Northeast, Suite 101. Give us a call at 505-292-8588 to begin your journey to an awesome smile. Or on the web at albuquerquegentledentist.com. Hi, I'm Dr. Karen Genter from High Desert Chiropractic and Wellness. For 27 years, I've been helping patients by gently treating the root cause of their health issues, not just symptoms. Treatments include various chiropractic techniques and therapies, such as electrical stimulation, ultrasound and intersegmental traction, or the roller table. Let's help you be your best self by helping you achieve optimal wellness and maintain it lifelong. Located at 5310 Homestead Road, Northeast, call us at 505 292 22 
Interested in getting your concealed carry permit? Perkins Protection Training offers state-approved concealed carry classes for both New Mexico and Utah, taught by a certified NRA instructor. Local woman-owned and ran by husband-and-wife team since 2004. Individual coaching ensuring every student learns according to their individual needs, complete with pre-class and follow-up tutoring. One-on-one, beginner, and advanced classes also available. Mention KDAZ for 10% off class. Call 505-238-1214. That's 505-238-1214 or on the web at PerkinsProtectionTraining.com. Hey, welcome back to the final segment of Freedom Speak with Becca Marie. You're listening to Conservative Talk, ABQ, KDAZ, 96.9 FM, AM 700. Listen from anywhere at conservativetalkabq.com. Talking about uh, these Twitter files, we're covering uh, Twitter file release 7 right now. And, and basically what Twitter, what release 7 talks about, it talks about how the FBI, the DOJ, um, had, had a, an influence program going within Twitter. And they were paying people. The amount that I've got here since 2019, starting in 2019, the FBI paid Twitter $3,415,323. Now, we would have never known about this if Elon Musk had not bought Twitter. I'm starting to wonder if this is the reason why he bought Twitter. He wanted the truth to come out. The FBI was issuing things called EDRs. Now, an EDR, what an EDR is, an emergency disclosure request. In other words, an EDR is a warrantless search. And what Twitter was doing was giving in and complying to all of these EDRs. FBI was, the FBI was given free run of Twitter to go through and just look at anything they wanted to look at. So if you think anything that you were posting on Twitter during that period of time was free from a warrantless search, warrantless search, <laughs> you're wrong. The FBI was just going in there and getting whatever they wanted. The Twitter Twitter was basically serving as the propaganda arm of the FBI. Now, this is the sort of thing you hear about, like, the CIA doing to foreign countries, in which you will, you know, one of the ways you fight a war against a foreign country is you, you use propaganda. And you feed propaganda to the population of the enemy country. You get them to turn against their own government. Now, at this time, President Trump was president of the United States. In my opinion, he still is, but... President Trump was the president of the United States, and the FBI and the intelligence community was essentially staging a real insurrection. This is what an insurrection looks like. This is what a coup looks like. This is what these people were doing. They were working to overthrow the existing government of the United States. Jim Jordan made a statement about uh, this information. He stated, and I quote, I have concerns about whether the government was running a misinformation operation on we the people. Well, I think based on this information that we've got here, I think 
that I think he's right. I think that's definitely what they were doing, a misinformation operation on us, we the people. You look like you have a comment to make, Karen. No, I would just say uh, Jim's comment Maybe, you know, the, the politicians are very soft, uh, with a few exceptions, like you, uh, you called out Rand Paul, mm-hmm. who is just in Fauci's face, okay? Uh, uh, even Jim Jordan, he's passionate about some things. Matt Gates, passionate about some things. But when they say maybe, you know, and I understand, from the politician's point of view, you need to have proof in order to say mm-hmm. this is fact. However, there's a whole lot more fact about all of this than any of them have brought to the surface and okay may i hope eventually we'll find all of that out but i think we have enough information to be able to say it is it was it happened this way without saying maybe i don't right. know that's just my opinion no i understand there you know jim jordan's doing a little bit of a coa there yeah um he's yeah. got to he's got to leave an option to say oh well okay i was not exactly could right be, about that n- yeah. could be something else yeah yeah i have concerns um i understand that I appreciate that he mm-hmm. even brings it out. I yeah. appreciate Matt Gates' passion. I appreciate Rand Paul's passion. There's only a handful of politicians who have had the courage to speak out at all. Yeah. So I Lauren appreciate, Boebert. Yeah, Lauren one. Boebert. There's uh, a few. Uh, who's the other one? Um, the blonde-haired lady. What's her name? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I can't remember her name MTG, right now. MTG. <laughs> Marjorie Taylor Greene. Taylor Green. There yes. you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I love yeah, all those people. There's a few. They there's get a out few. there and speak out. And boy, they sure take the heat. Yes, they do. For they what they it. say. They mm-hmm. absolutely, they take it. They do it. They allow whatever's going to come, and it's not pretty. They're brave it's people. big friggin' deal. And I'm yeah. surprised they, they haven't they disappeared. Yeah. They might be one of those people hanging in the gra- from the rafters in the garage with a couple of gunshot wounds to the back of their head. Could they, be. And it'll get deemed a suicide. That would mm-hmm. be really yeah. obvious. Mm-hmm. I think that some of us have not been targeted because we're more valuable to know what it is that we're doing, and we're very public yeah. than it is to not. That's just my could, personal You could opinion. be right. Mm-hmm. My personal opinion. So let's move on to Twitter Release 8. Now... Twitter release eight, from what I can, from what I read on it, and by the way, I'm posting, all, I'm posting a link on the show notes in which you can open that link, and it shows all the releases, all the way up to the current releases, and I'm working my way towards those, but I wanted to start from the beginning because it's all important information. So release eight uh, talks about how Twitter quietly at aided the Pentagon's covert online psyop campaign. Twitter directly assisted the U.S. military's influence operations now when i say influence operations that means that they're trying to manipulate public opinion like they were trying to turn everybody against donald trump and they were trying to hide the information about joe biden and his compromised how he was compromised with various different foreign countries you know kind of like the thing with the that came out recently oan and newsmax is talking about it about the 50,000 bucks uh, a month that hunter was paying to rent the house from Joe Biden? If, come on, people, that's money laundering. What else could that be? So line two in Release 8, it uh, talks about Twitter's pledge. Now, Twitter, okay, all along has had this pledge. It's like a, it's like a, it's like a policy within Twitter in which they say that they will combat state-backed information operations. They've violated every bit of that pledge with what they've done here. So they had known propaganda accounts 
that were on Twitter that were placed there by the Pentagon that were on there as influencer accounts. They were definitely, most certainly, state-backed information operations. And Twitter knew they were there, and Twitter did nothing about it. Matter of fact, they were being paid by these military branches of the government, the FBI. That's exactly why they didn't do anything about it. When you add money in the picture, you can buy almost anybody on the planet. That's you can right. throw enough money at it. So like I previously mentioned, Twitter was being used as the propaganda arm of U.S. CENTCOM. For those of you that don't know what CENTCOM is, that's U.S. Central Command. And not only that, not only did they not remove these accounts that I previously mentioned, but they whitelisted these accounts. Now, for those of you that don't know what whitelisted means, that means that these accounts were flagged, and specifically, employees of Twitter were told, you do not censor, you do not throttle, you do not do anything in these accounts, you just let them alone, and you let them do whatever they want to do. Under no circumstance do you censor or remove them. There was a letter from CENTCOM, which also is posted in this drop, to Twitter noting in which they were talking about priority accounts. That would be those whitelisted ones I told you about just now. In lines 9 through 10 of release 8, Twitter attorneys Jim Baker and Stacia Cardiel mentioned concerns about the Pentagon's arrangement with Twitter. Oh, imagine that. They're concerned. They don't do anything about it, but they're concerned. They thought they were U.S. military propaganda accounts. Yes, they were, and they knew that. And here's another thing, too, that came out of all of this, is that not only was Twitter doing it, but so was Facebook, Telegram, and many other apps. They, had, they were hosting propaganda accounts led by the U.S. military. The U.S. military was running a PSYOP operation against we the people, us, and I might add, still are, except for Twitter. Except for Twitter. <laughs> yeah. Propaganda demonizing other countries and swaying U.S. public opinion, which is why, like we've mentioned, the Russia thing. You know, I remember when Trump was president, he was getting along pretty good with Russia. Him and Putin had some pretty good arrangements going on. I have believed for many, many years that Russia could be one of our best allies. Mm -hmm. And I remember when Obama was president, how he destroyed our relationship with Russia. Yep. He absolutely alienated them, demonized them, and just turned everybody against them. I remember that under Obama. And before that, I was thinking, wow, we're probably going to be pretty good allies with Russia at some point in time, which we should be. So, Twitter was knowingly assisting CENTCOM from the years 2017 to 2020. That we know of, maybe before then. And Twitter's activities are a stark contrast to their claims about rapidly identifying and taking down covert accounts. Yeah. What do you think about that one, Stella? That's, uh. a, pre- that's a pretty... That's a pretty that's deep. That, that release eight is very telling, mm-hmm. I think. So um, 
I've got a couple of clips here I want to hit in our last uh, 15 minutes or so of the show because I think they're they're very enlightening. Recently, there was a uh, Project Veritas drop, and, and if all you've been watching is Fox News or CNN or MSNBC, you probably would have never heard this Project Veritas video in its entirety. But I've got it right here. We're going to play it in its entirety. We're going to talk about it as we go because I think this is very, very important because I've been talking about the the big pharma thing for quite a while in which these hospitals and these doctors are now all in the pocket of big pharma. They're, they're doing what they're told. Doctors, which honestly I have no respect for them for, for cowering and folding and not upholding their oaths to do no harm. It's like, yeah, yeah, you might lose your job if you do the, look at, look at Simone Gold. Look at what they've been doing to her and everybody else in the frontline doctors. They've been standing up and doing the right thing. They've been speaking out. They've been speaking the truth as they know it. To grave consequences, often. Yes, they have. Their careers have been absolutely decimated. Mm Mm-hmm. So, uh, Michelle, let's do clip number one, and we'll just kind of, you know, go and stop, go and stop, and we'll just, this is Project Veritas, and this is a a guy that is in this, his name is Jordan Tristan Walker. He's the Director of Research and Development, Strategic Operations, and MRNA Scientific Planning, S-O-M-S-P, kind of reminds me of a <laughs> of Agents of Shield or something, where they need to come up with some kind of creative acronym for this. But anyway, that's just a really long name. Anyway, so uh, let's go with clip one. Let's do it. Pfizer ultimately is thinking about mutating COVID. Well, that is not what we say to the public. No, don't tell anyone this. You have publish, don't tell. You have publish, don't tell. We're exploring like now. You know how the virus keeps mutating. Yeah. Well, one of the things we're exploring is like why don't we just mutate it ourselves so we can put uh, we can create undefeatably developed new vaccines, right? So we have to do that. If we're going to do that, though, there's a risk of like as you could imagine, no one wants to be having a pharma company mutating viruses. Be like very controlled to make sure that this virus that you mutate doesn't create something like you know goes everywhere. This is what they're claiming happened in Wuhan, China. When when you heard the hear the term, um, what's the term they use for that? Uh, uh, gain of function research. Okay, that's essentially what they do: gain of function research. It's kind of like kind of like the story I saw a while back, where the lady was uh, had the uh, had the um, foxes. And she was proving that through selective breeding, you basically could come up with a fox that is kind of like a dog. And all you do is you take you take the real docile ones, you breed them with the other docile ones, you keep doing that over and over, generation after generation. And then before you do it, no, no, not only do you have a fox that is all cuddly and friendly and tame like a dog, but you also have a fox that doesn't look like a fox anymore. It actually isn't even the same color anymore. So they got the gain-of-function research. In this case, they're calling it mutating. Okay, fine. It's like what, what Pfizer is doing is they're taking the virus, which is currently out there, and they are selectively mutating it to make it worse. And apparently that's okay. Apparently our government doesn't have any problem with that. Continue. 
It will happen. To be honest, like it's, it makes no sense that this virus popped out of nowhere. Like, yeah, I know. Meet Jordan Tristan Walker, a director of research and development strategic operations and mRNA scientific planning at Pfizer. It sounds like gain of function to me. I don't know. It's a little bit different. I think it's different. It's like this. It's definitely not gain of function. It sounds like it is. I mean, it's okay. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, directed evolution is very different. Yeah. Well, you're not supposed to do gain of function research with the viruses. Like, yeah. They recommend not. But you do, like, these, like, selected directional mutations to try to see if you can make more potent. Yeah. Okay, hold so that. You know the story I told you about the foxes just a little bit ago? This is the opposite of taking the tamest fox and breeding it with the other. You take the meanest fox, the one that is that will bite you and chew your hand off, and you breed that with another one that's just as mean, and then you come up with a meaner fox. Okay, that's what they're doing here. They are, try, they are selectively breeding, selective breeding basically, selective evolution, and they're coming out with a virus which is worse than the one they started with. Continue. There is research I'm going about that. I don't know how that's going to work. There might not be any more outbreaks to thank Jesus Christ. The gentleman seems to have absolutely no moral compass at all. I think a revolving door for all government officials. It's pretty good for the industry, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> it's bad for everyone else in America. Why is it bad for everybody else? Because if the regulators who have to approve our drugs know that once they stop being a regulator, they want to go work for the company, they're not going to be as hard for the company. They're hearing their job. If this is the quality of individuals within Pfizer that are making these huge decisions that uh, risk global public health, it's profoundly corrupt. What is Pfizer doing, I guess, to optimize, you know, the vaccines now? Oh, we actually have a meeting about that today, so there's a lot. Really? They're doing, uh, I don't know if I should say this. <laughs> <laughs> Our undercover journalist asked Walker how Pfizer is handling the fact that their COVID vaccines are ineffective against virus variants. What he said is disturbing. Listen to this. We're exploring, like, no, you know how the virus keeps mutating? Yeah. Well, one of the things we're exploring is, like, why don't we just mutate it ourselves so we can, we can create undefined developed new vaccines, right? So we have to do that. If we're going to do that, though, there's a risk of, like, as you Okay, hold imagine. that. So, so they're going to mutate it. They're going to create new strains of the virus that the existing so-called vaccines do not work against so that basically they're they're creating a need and then they're going to fill it so that they can sell more <laughs> of their poison vaccines money it's all about money they don't care about your well-being it's like they come up you know and, and you know are these are these mutated vaccines going to get loose <laughs> i think they probably will of course they are that's how they make money that's right but my daughter was telling me that they're releasing a vaccine now, I mean, I mean, a virus now, and that this latest virus is going to, you'll feel aches and pains the whole time. And I said, well, that's half of us. When we wake up, you have aches and pains. I have that from turning 60. That's what, <laughs> and so how are you going to know if this yeah. is the virus or just your natural body going into old age or whatever? That's how the point. Know? That's the point. Yeah. If they tag into something that's already natural and occurring, yeah. they have cover. It, there you go. Good, po good point, Karen. They can be more successful. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah good point. Mm -hmm. Okay, continue.
No one wants to be having a pharma company mutating fucking viruses. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> like, do we want to do this? <laughs> so that's like one of the things we're considering. Okay. Like the future, like maybe we can like create new versions of the vaccines and things like that. Okay. So Pfizer ultimately is thinking about mutating COVID. Well, that is not what we say to the public. No. That's why it was, like, <laughs> it was a thought that came up in a meeting, and we were like, why, why do we not? It was like, we're going to consider that with more discussions. Okay. That exact reaction, right? We're like, wait a minute. Like, people won't like that. That's right. It appears that Pfizer is internally discussing the possibility of mutating the COVID virus themselves in order to tailor a vaccine to sell to the public. Listen to Walker describe in detail just how they would conduct such a scientific experiment. First, in living animals. So the way that we're thinking about it, don't tell anyone this. You got to publish your own You got to publish your own time. Don't tell anyone. Okay, right. So um, the way it would work is like we put them in the virus in these monkeys. Okay. And then we successively like cause them to keep infecting each other. And we collect serial samples from them. And then the ones that are more infectious, like the virus, we'll put them in another monkey and just constantly actively mutate it. That's one way. Okay. Or you can even do like directed like simulation, which like we tend not to prefer. And then you just sample what the different like um, like uh, proteins on the surface of the virus look like over time. Okay. So then you can see the mutation, and you can have forces to mutate in a certain way you want. Okay. But you have to be like very controlled to make sure that this virus that you mutate doesn't create something that, like, you know, it goes everywhere. Something Which crazy. Is the way that the virus started and moved on. To be honest, like, it's, it makes no sense that this virus popped out of nowhere. Like, yeah, I know. COVID virus experimentation on live monkeys? This is unethical, to say the least. And Walker Why describes those experiments as if they are ongoing and not simply a hypothetical discussion. So, I mean, when is Pfizer going to implement the mutation of all these viruses? I don't know. It depends on how the experiments work out. Because this is just like something we're trying, right? It sounds like gain of function to me. I don't know. It's a little bit different. I think it's different. It's like, there's... It's definitely not gain of function. It sounds like it is. I mean, it's okay. <laughs> no, 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 no. So, directed evolution is very different. <laughs> Direct evolution. Directed evolution. Directed evolution. Okay. I hold cool. that. You know, all you have to do is just give something a different name, and then it's and it's not the same. Oh yeah, directed evolution. That's gain of function. <laughs> Come on, it's the same thing. Anyway, so that's all I need from that one. I think I, uh, you know, uh, an, an interesting update on this one. I saw this this morning. That guy, when he found out that he had been had and that he had been under on camera, he was actually uh, trying to punch out the Project Veritas people, and they had like a rolling, a knockdown, dragout fight across the floor. <laughs> it's like, and then the guy tried to claim that, oh well, I was just trying to impress a date. That's like, yeah. so he didn't know he was being recorded. He, well, of course not. <laughs> He's a blind man. Yeah, I bet the guy gets fired. Livid. He was livid. All of these people yeah. get fired. The yeah. companies can't maintain uh, people like that in their ranks when yeah. they've already disclosed this much stuff. Yeah. It's impossible. He's He knew in that moment his job was gone oh, heck and yeah. his reputation was gone and any job for the future that would be anything similar would be gone and that's why he went berserk. Oh, totally. It's totally, yeah, <laughs> to totally me. insane. So, okay, so we got a few minutes left. I want to try to hit some of this uh, Dr. McCullough clip that I've got here. Uh, clip four. Let's do that one. What are the risks to the unvaccinated? 
You know, there was a recent paper. I just have it on my Substack. If, if, if you want to review it, if you go to the Courageous Discourse Substack, and the first author is Helene Banoon, a former INSERM scientist. INSERM is a leading research unit in France. And Banoon has summarized this. This is disturbing. It looks like the messenger RNA is transferring from the vaccinated to the unvaccinated now. Mm-hmm. And uh, in a paper by Fertig and colleagues, the messenger RNA is found circulating in blood for at least two weeks and the curves were not going down. That's as long as they look. Rolkin and colleagues has found messenger RNA and the vaccinated in lymph nodes for months. It looks like the body's not clearing it out. And, uh, and then a recent paper, this is most disturbing from Hannah and colleagues, JAMA, showed that the messenger RNA is in the breast milk of yes. women ill-advised who took the vaccine uh, during pregnancy or afterwards. So it's now clear, I think the messenger RNA, that's the greatest concern is, was, could you actually take a vaccine inadvertently by close contact, kissing, sexual contact, breastfeeding? And it looks like the answer is yes. Now the question on the table is, how long do you wait uh, for contact? No one knows. This, the, the vaccines, the messenger RNA vaccines for short, they've never been demonstrated to actually leave the body. They look like they're permanent, uh, as well as the spike protein that's produced after them. This okay, is very- hold that. Um, so I've got, a, I've got a link to that particular entire video. I don't have enough time to play the whole thing, but it's really, really informative. And for you guys, if you download my show notes, you'll be able to get that entire thing. Plus, I got a lot of other things I didn't get to that are related to this topic. But one last thing I wanted to point out on this is, is those – I talked about this – couple of years ago, I was talking about this this concept of the self-spreading vaccine, how they used to use it to control insect populations, and how, oh, I bet they're going to do that to us. Well, I was exactly right two years ago. Anyway, uh, Karen, it's been great having you on the show. Thank you. It's really been a great... So, why don't you plug, plug how people get in touch with you and how people can get involved? Okay. All right. So, um, Albuquerque Unmasked meets at my home every two weeks, and you can sign up for my email list by emailing me naturallyhealthykaren at fastmail.com. That's N-A-T-U-R-A-L-L-Y-H-E-A-L-T-H-Y-K-A-R-E-N at fastmail.com. F-A-S-T, mail, M-A-I-L dot com. And I'll get you on the list. Please let me know that you heard about my group through this show. I do my best to try to screen people so that we don't end up with a bunch of infiltrators. No way to protect from that altogether. But then I will, you'll be on the list and you'll be able to get the information, the invitations, and other calls to action that affect us here in New Mexico that uh, come through either Better Together New Mexico or uh, New Mexico Freedoms Alliance or both. Awesome. Stella, thanks for being on with me again. She'll be on with me again next week. She's going to be like a regular fixture around here. Say what? You're going to be a regular fixture. Oh, for sure, for sure. (laughs) So uh, I want to plug my advertisers, Perkins Protection Training, High Desert Chiropractic and Wellness, ABQ Gentle Dentistry. If you own a freedom-friendly business, uh, you ought to be advertising on this station. You can send me an email at becca at freedomspeaknm.com, and we can get you set up. Uh, If you want to listen to replays of this show, go to freedomspeaknm.com, and you can also check out, download the show notes, uh, all the things that we didn't get to today. They'll all be on there. 
You can check out my posts on Facebook, Twitter, Telegram, the Truth Social, and you can get the podcast on SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, and Apple iTunes. Like, follow, and share far and wide. Freedom is essential to everyone. Liberty and freedom are rights, not privileges. It's time to stand up and tell the Marxists and those pushing the woke agenda, hell no, we won't comply. We are the resistance. (laughs) 